across Northern Ireland, on your radio and on BBC Sounds. This is The Stephen Nolan Show! It is the podcast from the Nolan Show from the BBC. I'm slightly happy now. You see the programme's over and everybody thinks I only worked a half ten, so I might as well pretend I only worked a half ten. Sure, I'm going to go out the door in a minute, aren't I? Honestly. Goodness, it winds me up. Anyway, on this podcast today, from the Nolan Show on the BBC, uh, day two of our coverage on the Devonish in Finnegy in Belfast, there's a huge conversation going around Northern Ireland. They, they put on a, 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 a... There was a strip show, essentially, um, at the weekend. Some people are disgusted. Other people are delighted. But the conversation has widened now to whether we are this prudish community, as to whether there is anything wrong with consenting grown women with consenting grown men um, in, in, in an environment. But there's another really, really interesting angle that we also touch upon in, in this. And it is for those people that went in there to have a laugh with their friends, to do whatever they did. Um, should there be any boundaries around people posting images of them posting videos of them? Uh, can we do anything to curtail this world of social media, Twitter and, and Facebook? Should we do anything? All coming up on The Nolan Show this morning. The Stephen Nolan Show! I'm the big stretch, waking myself up this morning. Good morning, everyone. How are you all doing today? Sure, isn't it good to be around? Is it good to be listening to the BBC this morning? 03030805555. And don't forget, right at the top of the show, we remind you, you can listen to The Nolan Show anytime. We're seeing big, big numbers coming in um, for The Nolan Show on BBC Sounds over recent weeks. So if you want to now factor the programme into your routine, maybe you want to listen to it in, in, in the car from your phone when you're driving home from work rather than you're driving into work, Maybe you want to take it when you're out walking, you're going to the gym, you're going shopping, whatever it is. And you can pause an interview, of course, listen to it later. You can fast forward, you can rewind. It's all on BBC Sounds. What's BBC Sounds? It's an app. What's an app? It's a little thing that you download onto your smartphone. And from it, piece of software, from it, you can experience all the different programmes here on BBC Northern Ireland and the Nolan Show right there at the heart of it. And my goodness, lots and lots of you uh, now deciding to take the Nolan Show at a time uh, of your liking. So that's BBC Sounds for the Nolan Show. What a talking point uh, from the weekend at the Devonish. Belfast City Council says it's now investigating an event at the venue in Finnicky in South Belfast. This is the Devonish in Belfast in Finnicky which involved nude male dancers. According to the council's website, a venue needs to apply for a waiver to their entertainment licence to permit entertainment involving striptease or nudity. In a statement, the council said it's currently investigating the event at the Devonish Bar over the weekend. Where are all the different councillors? What do they all think of this? Maybe they don't want to call or comment because it's a, a, an investigation ongoing. Um but what is there really to investigate? 
why is this not being seen as an innovative way to bring in business? And the extent of the talking point, look, front page news now um, on the Belfast Telegraph, for example, this morning, business is booming for strip show after bar furore. So... You can look at this one of two ways. Of course, there is a discussion about what should or shouldn't be acceptable um, within an entertainment licence. There is a discussion around the exploitation of men um, and women. There's also a discussion around men and women, adults, doing what they want to do and having a laugh. And in 2024, should the same value system, should the same laws, should the same restrictions on what is entertainment should that actually apply as it did 20 years ago is it time for a change in the licensing laws uh, in northern ireland so that more of this type of thing uh, can happen so that you know are, are, are there are there very many people that are offended by this or as the belfast telegraph's copy uh, within it is suggesting this morning there are actually lots and lots of inquiries about people wanting to do more and more and more of this. So we'll take your calls this morning, 03030 5555. We're going to talk about Casement Park uh, later on in this funding announcement um, that we are expecting too. So a lot on the Nolan Show this morning. Let's start with Belfast uh, City Councillor, the TV's Ron McDowell. I began by asking Ron if he believes that Belfast City Council investigation is necessary. Uh, Stephen, where do you start with this? There, there, there. Um, I think an investigation is absolutely necessary. And um, the, the Devonish Hotel have made an entertainment license application in the past. And what they sign up to is the management of their property. Belfast City Council let them know that they will also be managing the business and carrying out inspections. Now, if the Devonish Hotel were managing the event. Just to be clear, well, this is the Devonish complex, Finicky Belfast. Yes, that's right. So, and if they are, if Belfast City Council are responsible for overseeing the management of that complex, then there are questions to be asked because there, there was absolutely no management whatsoever um, from some of the images that I have seen coming out of the event. What have you seen? Um. What I've seen, Stephen, would make you blush. I'm one of your years and experience, um, and it would make you blush. And um, what we've seen was an event that has run absolutely out of control, and there's no winners in it. It's, it's a poor indictment on society, if that's what passed us for entertainment. Why? There are, there are individuals who are going to have to go back to work, appear at the, the school grounds, and they've been humiliated by getting caught up in an atmosphere um, and it's very, very disappointing. You, you, you say it would make me blush. Would it make you blush? It certainly did make me blush, Stephen. Um, some of the things that um, went on at the Devonish Hotel um, were nothing short of a disgrace. And I have to say, there's no winners in it. It looks bad for society. It looks bad for the hotel. The girls um, who got carried away in the euphoria or the excitement of the event are now dealing with the consequences of going viral um, on social media. And that can have a real um, impact on people. And so, like I say, uh, there's no winners in this. I feel sorry for the people that have got caught up in that um, because this has absolutely exploded right across Northern Ireland. Well, everybody's talking about it, but but you, you say it would make you blush, right? You know, yeah. you're, you're, you've been around a long time. Yes. You've worn a lot of T-shirts. Why would it make you blush? 
Um, because but, uh, uh, Why is this a disgrace? Why is this not a night out fun? Why do you think the majority of people don't think, oh, well, there we go. You know, lots of the people that went, they had a good time, they laughed, nobody's hurt. Move well, on. Well, what we have today is we don't have people laughing um, or enjoying the event. We have people on social media, you said that this is went viral, people are laughing at the people who took part in this. The videos of the people who um, were participating in the event, people are laughing at them. They're not laughing with them. And these people have to live with the consequences of that now. And Well, that's um, different, isn't it? And, 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 and that is a separate story. And by the way, a big talking point, Ron. Absolutely it is. But in terms of, you know, nude male strippers running around among adults who who clearly wanted to be there or they would have walked out, what harm's done? You, th- you think of what's on the internet in this day and age. You, you, you think about how, you know, freedom and, and, you know, the ability to enjoy yourself. Why actually hasn't this been a huge success? Um, but- uh, see, for, for the promoter, it probably has been a success because any time that these um, dancers are going to appear on a venue anywhere across Northern Ireland, the tickets will probably sell faster than any other concert in the, in, in the country. Well, therefore, there's demand. Therefore, it's popular. Therefore, I come back to what's the harm done here in terms of let's park the, 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 the social media viral element for the people who experienced. Was it better than the night of bingo? But this argument was actually won many years ago. So many, many years ago, um, lap dancing, um Clubs in town where there would be um, table-side dancers, where there would be strip teases going on. Um, and there was an awful lot of um, dangers that were highlighted at that time. Um, an awful lot of concerns, an awful lot of worries about the exploitation of the dancers and people who would be involved in that. And so City Hall and society, by and large, rejected um, the establishment of clubs in Northern Ireland. Um, and so um, this is just an extension of that. And this is an argument that is... That is been one 20 years ago and um, everybody continue to have the concerns around um, those venues and, and those events. And do you not think society has changed in 20 years? Um, I certainly don't because when I talked about the exploitation of, wo- of women, um, something that probably started as an idea 20 years ago is now the correct mindset um, and you can't narrow it down to simply the exploitation of women. You have to have the exploitation of any individual and um, taken part in acts that they would regret or be embarrassed by. And what happened was people, I imagine, thought they were going to see a full Monty kind of experience where there was a bit of a strip, a bit of a laugh, and it degenerated into something that ran absolutely out of control, where there was failure by um, the part, those attending to contain themselves, failure by the hotel to manage their event, and failure by those who were putting on the promotion to even care about what their actions were going to do to people. And for those people that actually did enjoy themselves, wanted to kind of let their hair down, so to speak, Ron, mm-hmm. is there anything wrong with that? Everybody wants to let their hair down. Everybody wants to enjoy themselves and have a night out on a, a, a break from your mundane nine-to-five life. Um, but what we see now is a day when mobile phones are in everybody's hands and um, People are taking pictures of you. People are videoing you. And perhaps what you could have done behind closed doors and enjoyed yourself with 10 or 20 years ago, 
today you're, you can Absolutely. be humiliated and, by it. And look, I'll, I'll talk about that in, in one second. The front page of the Belfast Telegraph this morning has the following headline, Business Booming for Strip Show after Bar Fury. Uh, and uh, Belfast venues, the Belfast Telegraph are, are claiming, uh, contact Pleasure Boys boss as council investigates appearance at Devonish Bar. Inquiries, they they say, the telly says, about booking a group of male strippers have been pouring in after an X-rated performance in a Belfast bar sparked ma- massive controversy. That's right. Um, and controversy sells. And you can be sure that people want to go and gawk and have an image and see what it was all the talk was about. But you can be sure that anybody who wants to sign up and go and see a strip show in the future aren't going to want to be photographed, taking part in lewd acts. They're not going to want to be videoed. Um, they're going to want to go and watch. And what we had um, on Sunday night was people who were get carried away in the euphoria of the event, who humiliated themselves, and now have to live with the consequences of their actions. Others will want to go and watch the show because it has notoriety now. They're not going to want to go and perform sex acts on stage in front of everybody. Well, obviously, both the Devonish and um, the uh, man behind the Pleasure Boys, uh, John Woodward, would deny that there were any sex acts that took place. They, um, they, they would say there was no touching. They would say there was no touching. Um we, we get onto the, 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 the grounds here um, where you have to be absolutely sure of everything. All I can go by is the images that I have seen coming out of the event. You watched quite a lot of it, did you? Um, I did not watch quite a lot of it, but knowing I was going on to the biggest show in the country this morning, I thought I'd better know what I'm talking about. And sure. I tell you what, well, absolutely. Get... I'm not, I'm not, sorry, I am not saying you sat down and, you know, got a... Got a got a pint of beer and watched it for... for I, I'm not suggesting that. I'm saying, did you see quite a lot of it in order to inform your opinion, is what I'm saying. Um, yes, I did. And um, I, I also listened to the show yesterday um, when the promoter, John, said that the guys came out on stage. Um, the guys weren't just out on stage. The guys came out on the stage and then patrolled themselves through the crowd naked um, and approaching the guards. They didn't wait the guards approached them. The dancers approached the girls, um, and so um, it wasn't exactly how John said yesterday. Um, See, and the, bottom, the bottom line, I guess, Ron, is this. The, 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 everyone in that room were adults. There, there, there will have been very few women that won't have seen a naked man before in real life. Like, you know, some, you know they're adults, sure. for goodness sake. So, you know, what has actually happened here if you strip this down? Women see naked naked men, women laugh, women go home. Now, in terms of, we we will talk about the social media element now, but in terms of a venue being able to do this as a night out, are you against it or for it in principle if nothing is filmed? Um, If you're talking about what um, happened at the Devonish Complex, I would be dead against that. I mean, I don't think there's any winners in that. Why? Um, so part um, of the social media element, why? Why Why should an entertainment event not be able to do this? For the same reasons that we spoke about at the top of the, of the show. Um, if an event is being run in this order, then it leads to exploitation. Uh, it can lead to exploitation of dancers. You can't make a difference between men and women. If it had been John a Woodward of, claims they're making a fortune and they want to do it and they think what they do is skillful. The acrobatics, um, the dance routines. 
Well, I, the, we're not here talking about their dance routines um, this morning. It wasn't their dance routines that have led us to where we are in the biggest show in the country talking about this. It was um, what happened after the event. It was the indulging of the audience with the dancers. Um, and that wasn't people going along or enjoying the dancing. That was people enjoying um, the promiscuity of, of the event. Um then, let, then, John, let's talk about the social media element because, my goodness, how the world, you're right, has changed. And here we have the, these women who, you know, were on a, a night out, alcohol taken, letting their hair down. And, and now, you know, everyone's talking about this story and a lot of people are, are, are looking at the images, looking at the women, recognising some of them, asking who are they, what are they doing right across Northern Ireland. Uh, and it's awful, and like I've said already, people are laughing at them. They're not laughing with them. They're laughing at them. People are sharing their Facebook profile images. People are sharing um, Facebook images of those who are in the pictures. Um, and these are mothers. These are daughters. These are sisters. These are people who went out for a bit of a laugh. Like you, we've already said, there's nothing wrong with going and enjoying a show and having a bit of a laugh. And now they're a laughing stock themselves. It's uh, if you believe everything you read, and we can't always do that. It's leading to difficulties uh, within relationships for some of those involved um, on the night out, um, and that's not what people went out to do. Even those who attended that event didn't go out to get what they got. They got caught up in the euphoria of it, and that's why the management of the event has failed miserably. So, do you feel? Social media should block uh, the the company should block those videos now. Should remove them or what? Um, I, I think they should. Um, I think um for the individuals' sake who have been exposed, like I, I suppose the last big social media story we had in Northern Ireland was obviously the images went round of the Phonacab incident and the and the driver in Phonacab. And every now and again, um, a story comes along that just has the nation laughing at it, rightly or wrongly, and um, we're having a look at other people's misfortune yeah. and we're laughing well, and I think that that's as a, as a societal issue I think um, we're uh, on very disappointing and, um, ground there. Okay, and obviously you're not suggesting people were laughing at the phonocab incident because uh, it, you're talking about the notoriety of it. John, thank you very yeah. much indeed. Thank you for talking to us today. I appreciate it, sir. Thank you. All right, thank you, Stephen. Right. I've called Ron McDowell John there twice for some unknown reason. Um, 03030 80 5555. That's the TV's uh, Ron McDowell. Alan's in North Belfast. Good morning, Alan. Hey, there, Stephen. Good morning. What's the problem here? Who, who is this? Who is this merchant here you had on there a minute ago? Well, he's a, he's, he? a, he's a counselor, but look, there is a discussion going on right around the place about this and know, and, and what I the know. parameters are, or, or or should or should not be. What do you think? Right. Here's the thing. To see if you're over eighteen years of age. And we should say, by the way, that uh, look, you don't want kids listening this time in the morning. Given what we're talking, what 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 we're talking about, obviously, uh, we're we're talking about this adult event at the weekend. Go ahead, Alan. See if you're over eighteen, you can afford to buy a ticket, and you know what you know what you're in for when you go to it. What's it got to do for anybody else? What what does it got to do for anybody? Well, why do you, if you think want, if you're over eighteen and you want to go to one of your things? Why don't you see the people, the men, 
who were actually taking part in the event, if we'll call it the event. Um, why don't you ask them? Did they feel as if they were being, you know, um, run into the ground or, or that sort of thing? They were being used or whatever. Because <laughs> I tell you what, I see some of the pictures that I've seen. <laughs> they didn't look like they were they were rushed to get out the door. I can tell you that. And, you know, that, that boy, or he's just... He's just but, a, a, but, but, but uh, Alan, Alan, objectifying people and the objectification of the human body and all that comes with it, do you think that's something that, that, that we want promoted around Northern who, Ireland? Who, who says this? Who says all, this, all these mad words? Where did all this come from? What happened to live and let live? If you're 18 years of age, you can afford a ticket, and that's what you want to go to. Then here, fair lady. What is the problem? Here, but I'll tell you what. See, yesterday when this all came out, you know the first thing that popped into my head? Has Stephen Nolan got shares in these boys? Because you can see the next time they're coming here, you'll not get a ticket for them if you want to go. You've put them from down here to right up there, so you have. Well. They're abs- the publicity is absolutely huge. You couldn't buy this. Well, um, you've got the Belfast Telegraph, Belfast Live, the newsletter... Uh, all covering this story both yesterday and today. This story's everywhere, Alan. I, yeah. And as I say, to bring your man on, Jesus, I tell you what, I would love to see what his wedding night was like. Well, no, no, his wedding night is nothing. Y'all stop. Stop, 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 stop. You're not going to personalise this. Uh, Ron McDowell is giving an opinion as a counsellor and um, we asked him on. Uh, and I'm sure his wedding light night, given what Councillor McDowell has said his values are, uh, was completely within uh, the spirit of what he has said should or shouldn't happen at a public event. And look, it's just outrageous uh, that, that you say that about him. It's outrageous, and we apologise for that. Alan and Armagh. Good morning, Alan. Hello. Go ahead, sir. I'm just... Uh, I sent a text in there. Uh, for me, it's the, the actual show is not is not the story here. The story for me is the hypocrisy of women. Because if men behave like that, women would be queuing up to come on to your show to criticise the men for taking part and object fine women. I don't hear many women coming on to criticise the women who were at that show who were objectifying the men. Sorry, so the, you're drawing a conclusion, a whole conclusion about women because of how many people you've heard on a radio show. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not drawing a conclusion about every woman. I'm just saying, if men were at a strip show and behaving like that with female strippers, women would be complaining that that was wrong. Well, don't you think and that men were objectifying the women? Don't you think there's a, a, a spread and a breadth of opinion uh, among people listening to this program, among people talking about this in Northern Irish society, whether they're a man or a woman? So you, yeah. are, are you are you saying that there would be a different, uh, a, a, a broader different opinion if this had been women on the stage? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that women would be objecting to men going to see female strippers, whereas I don't hear many women coming on to criticise the women who were there to see the male strippers. I have no problem with the show. I mean, what people want to do, buy a ticket, go to the show, I have no problem with that. It's, it's just the hypocrisy of it. So do, do you think the, the, this warrants an investigation? Belfast City Council say they're doing that. 
No, I don't think so. Now, look, that means, what does that mean? What's an investigation at the end of the day? Uh, it could be light like, touch, it could be just checking things. We don't know. If people advertise a show, any show, a music show, a comedian, if you advertise a show and you put tickets on sale and people buy those tickets, well, that's valid. The show, people want to see the show. So what people do, but growing up behind closed doors is nobody's business. I have no problem with the show. It's just the reaction. I don't hear many women complaining. I think, I think what this story does is it prompts a, a wider discussion. Would there be a market in Northern Ireland for strip shows of any sex? Would there be oh. um, would there be a market? Should entertainment licenses be issued or not? Well, I don't see why not. I mean, what grown-ups do behind closed doors is nobody's business, only their own. Alan, thank you. Pat, the taxi driver. Morning, Pat. Morning, Stephen. Very interesting conversation this morning. What do you think? I think, Stephen, if you're over the age of consent and you buy the ticket, you pay the money, you take your chances. But one thing I'll say, that boy Ron's a counsellor. The Devonish is not a hotel. It, it's a bar and entertainment complex. Yeah. Um, it's also in South Belfast, Stephen. It's, it's not South Belfast. Belfast. It's, not, it's not in West Belfast. No, it's not in West Belfast, Stephen. If you go down Finnegan Road North... I know it. I'm up there eating all the time. Right. There's a, there's a so, couple of... There's a, there's a subway up there. There's a KFC up there. There's a chippy up there. I'm never out of yes. that street. Yes, but that's in Finnegy. So if you go up Finnegy Road North, as soon as you go across onto the motorway bridge, you're yeah. in the West Belfast. That's West Belfast. Well, what are you South yes. Belfasting about then? Well, before, Stephen, if you come down from Anderson'stown, go across, right, onto the motorway bridge, you leave West Belfast and go into South Belfast. Orchardville, Ardmore. Well, you're stretching it there, aren't you? You know, you're not stretching it. It's BT10. My son played football. You're trying to tell me the definition isn't in West Belfast. 100%. And you're a taxi driver. Right, will you let me explain to you? If you if you be quiet for two seconds, I'll explain. My son played football for the county team. And because he lived in Finnegy, Orchardville, which is in by the Devonish, he couldn't play for County Andrum, which would be West Belfast. He had to play in the Milk Cup for County Down because he lived in South Belfast. So as soon as you go onto the motorway bridge from Andersonstown, you're in the Finnegy. Finnegy is in South Belfast. Which is BT ten West Belfast is BT eleven Stephen. You're just it's trying to right, Belfast. You're just trying to be a snob, aren't you? No, no, no. I'm just like the crack people because no, he has no. been part. You're, you're trying to you know, the, the definition South Belfast. The definition is in the heart of West Belfast, is it not? No, it is not indeed. Casement Parks in West Belfast. Why is there anything? Whenever people think there's something bad to be said, oh, they're from West oh, Belfast. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying there's something. Now, don't be twisting my words. I have not said. It's not for me to say what's good well, or what's bad. West well, Belfast well, is a fantastic... Well, look, the, the, the innovation there is in West Belfast, the entrepreneurship uh, that, that, that there is, the community spirit, the community cohesion, there's nothing wrong with West Belfast. Wise up. Well, could you do me a favour, Stephen? Yes. If I got into your taxi and I said yes. to you, take me to the definition West Belfast, would you know where I meant? I would turn around and say, Mr. Nolan, as you know, I would give us your money first, 40 quid, I'll get you up the road. But I would say to you, it's in Finnegy, and Finnegy is in South Belfast, Mr. Nolan. Now, could you find out definitively yes. if where, where, where it ends, where it starts, where no. does West Belfast start, no. and where does it end? Do you think I'd put in my, the, the, the resources of the mighty BBC into asking, what do you want me to do, ask a postman? 
Don't be even doing that. Get one of those minnows that you have in the back there. There are no minnows. Then what do you say they are? You know, the ba- and tell me this. Can yes. I ask you a question? I read the newspaper a couple of weeks ago and it said you're no longer the biggest show in the country. Robert has told me right. that you're no longer the biggest show in the country. So <laughs> well, let me, well, let me let me deal with that. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. See this program when it starts at nine o'clock in the morning? Yes, an more, hour and a half. More than double the audience of Cool FM at this time of day. So well, does, that, does that does that make it straight for you? More oh, than I'm, double. I'm, Stephen, I'm glad to hear it. As you know, all, us taxi drivers, we always tune in. You've helped us a lot. And right. we found it very, very hard. So what, so, what, so, so what they're doing is they're counting, wait for this, they're counting the amount of people listening to Cool FM between 6 and 7, 7 and 8, 8 and 9, when I'm asleep. When I'm asleep, so yes, they've got more listeners than me when I'm fast asleep. But from nine to half past ten, we have more than double Cool FM's audience. So, so just Stephen, that's getting, the, getting back that's to the matter. Getting back to the matter in hand, could you could you find out if any of the ladies who were at that show who paid for the ticket actually left because they were disgusted? You know, all all this. In the, in the papers and social media and such things, how many people actually left the venue because they weren't at the show that they paid the money to watch? Okay, Pat, thank you very much indeed. Now, if I put you straight about biggest show in the country and all that... Yes, I'm glad you clarified that, but one they more... Then do include, they include, they include their numbers between 9 and 10 as well, but they should make a direct South, comparison. South Belfast and West Belfast, I want to know where to stop. Apparently, this is a whole, right. apparently, I'm hearing that this is a whole debate now as well. Around the Devonish. Is it South Belfast or is it um, West Belfast? Stephen, who's paying for the investigation? Is it, is it the ratepayers of Belfast? Listen, thanks very much. How's business? How's the taxi business going at the minute? Very quiet. We're, we're looking at you to come down. Uh, you said you were going to come out with us at the weekend to see how bad Belfast was. I'm working at the weekend. I'm... Well, maybe maybe we'll get you out some night. Robert has, is on standby, as you know. Listen, thank you, Pat. Morning to you. Morning. Let's pause there. Get the news from the Show. Julianne. Good morning, Julianne. Morning, Stephen. How are you? Morning, good morning. How are you keeping? I'm all right, thank you. Um, listen, I'm giving you a call. I listened to the interview you done there with Ron around the Belfast City Council. Belfast um, City Councillor Ron McDowell from the TV. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. So, listen, you know... In my aspect of it is this, context is everything and Ron needs to wind his neck in. He's come on your show this morning and he was supposed to be there, in my opinion, giving feedback from Belfast City Council no, on the licence and no, potentially no, what no, that looks like. No, Belfast City Council um, are, are, are saying they can't comment because they're investigating. Councillor McDowell was talking about his opinion, which we asked his him opinion. for. OK, well, that's fair enough. Well, then let me give you my opinion on listening to what councillor the councillor spoke about. He said there the people, those women were a laughing stock. Says who? How dare he come on to a radio show and say that women were a laughing stock and that women have humiliated themselves? Have any of those women come to him and told him that? He should not have been allowed on their radio show to say that women humiliated themselves well, he's and that they're a laughing stock. He's allowed his the, opinion, isn't he? Yeah, he's allowed his opinion, Stephen, but he 
he brought that all under one umbrella. He's talking about stuff with society 20 and 30 years ago. We've moved on as a society 20 and 30 years ago. Context is everything. He said he blushed when he seen some of those um, videos circulating on social media. When I looked at those videos circulating on social media, I'm not saying I blushed. I certainly didn't laugh at the women in them. And what I seen in those videos for me personally was women that were enjoying a show. Some of those women maybe didn't want to be caught up on that. Some of the women that were sitting down and had hands over their faces and so on and so forth. But for the women that were on the stage and the men that were given the show, I didn't see anyone's arms twisted up their back there. So what are you saying? Are, are you saying Northern Ireland is a place now where... We're prudes. I'm saying we're, we are prudes. Sex sales, simply sex sales and we're so far behind everything else in Europe this doesn't surprise me that we're so far behind with this but the women in the, like I said context is everything no one has talked about the show, what the show was at the start I don't know what it was I wasn't there but no one has talked about what the show was and what led up to that um, the social media aspect of it and what everyone's talking about now is those last, what, five, ten minutes maybe of that show. So nobody knows the context of how it got there. Now, the, the social media aspect and women and things going viral and, you know, people screenshotting photographs. And I know I've, I've seen a number of things over the last 24 hours where some of those women have came out and give a little bit of context to some of that. But you know, it doesn't, I can't say, you've seen the footage, do you see any of those women with their arm twisted up their back saying, oh, don't do that, I don't want to be involved in this, go away from me? I didn't see any of that. I, I, I think there's a really, and Julianne, let's have it now, right? I think there's a really interesting conversation, though, um, around social media and, and camera phones. So everybody everybody has one, right? Uh-huh. And... To, to to go to an event like that with your friends, mm-hmm. um, and and then should should mobile phones or filming at an event like that, or indeed any party type event, should filming be banned? Do you do you do you put yourself up for a situation, Julianne, where you're out with your friends in a in in a setting in a club? And then as part and parcel of this modern society, you're putting yourself up for that being broadcast everywhere throughout throughout Northern Ireland with the ability for people to take it out of context, with the potential for trolling campaigns and people engaging on pylons. See, it's why this story is so... There's so many different angles to this story. Yeah, yeah. and for me, Stephen, that's probably the more important part of the story. It's not the, 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 what you're discussing now and what you're raising now is probably the more important part of the story because I'm sure those women that were at that event at the weekend, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, I'm sure at the time it looks like everybody's enjoying themselves, they're all having the best crack, whatever it may be. I'm sure none of those women expected the outcome. Of what's happened and so, over the last 24, 48 hours. And, and therefore, and I'm asking this as a question, because remember, people want to film events. People want to film themselves with their friends. You know, if you're mm-hmm. at a birthday party, whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay, a hen do, a stag party, yeah. whatever. Um, but should there be an etiquette in in Northern Ireland in those type of settings, um, in in when there's those type of parties on, events on, whatever... That that you do not film, that you do not 
do it or you do not post stuff on Twitter? Well, there's, let's put it this way, there's, for some of us women and some of us, us girlies, there would be, that would be probably within our own um, girl code, so to speak, anyway, that you don't, some of those things don't get shared, they don't get um, sent out onto Twitter and onto social media. But also, when you're out, that event wasn't sold in my opinion, from what I'm seeing, and I could be wrong, but from what I'm seeing and what I'm reading, that event wasn't sold to be that at the end. It seems to have been from what we're being told is this last five minutes was what we're seeing on the social media, right? So for therefore that event, why would you have banned phones for an event that that wasn't supposed to happen in the first place, if that's what we're led to believe? It seems mobile phones are just generally taken out of context and used in all sorts of ways, especially around the filming and so on and so forth. We already have seen evidence of some of those women say, you know, sharing stuff on social media at the weekend saying, you know, that was something private that I put into a girls' chat and it went from my girls' chat and it's now viral. The, the stuff around Ron talking about women being humiliating themselves and so on and so forth, those are the kind of conversations... Ron, how does no, how, how does Ron know those women are humiliated, or were humiliating themselves, or are la- laughing stock? He talks about um, the sta- or sorry, the management of the Devonies have failed miserably. How, how have they failed miserably? Where's his evidence that they failed miserably? Is well, it on the license? That, that, that's, on- that's clearly his opinion. Um, yeah, we'll see if we can get Councillor McDowell actually. I think he was in a meeting between nine and half time. We'll see if we can get him on to speak to you directly. We'll see yeah, if he, I he wants speak to do to him that. Directly. He um, should not have, in my opinion, he should not have come on a this... radio show. And it is only his opinion. But to say those women humiliated themselves and that they're a laughing stock, that was wrong of him to do that. I think I think the other point to to look at here and to ask the question around is if you look where where the definition is, mm-hmm. you, you know, there, there there will be some people looking at the fantastic job that the management team have done uh, with that complex. that they, they, They've turned that business into um, a huge gym business. They have. Um, that, that, that they're, they're, they're clearly providing food, so there's a food mm-hmm. business there, there's an entertainment mm-hmm. business there. Um, so there, there's lots going on within that building, lots of organisation. They're providing employment in the local community. Mm-hmm. You know, those doors don't open by themselves every day. So, no. so actually, have you got an example there of fine local entrepreneurship? Well, again then, Stephen, that's another part of the story in terms of what this business is and what it provides. I'm well aware of the Devonish. I'm from that local area and I use the Devonish on nights out for food with my kids, for nights out with my, my friends and, and my family. So I'm well aware of, of, of the business itself. But again, I, again, we're coming away from, it's another aspect of it, but we're coming away from what this story actually is. And this story, and and no wonder the Devonish at the minute are in, you know, haven't, as far as I know, they haven't commented, they haven't spoke to anybody. But that event was sold as a Pleasure Boys event. 
the context of that event was that those women paid for the ticket. They probably had a meal and a few drinks beforehand. They come into that hall, because I know because I've been there many times, so they make their way from their food and their few cocktails in the main bar. They go into the hall, £15 a ticket, that show starts. By all accounts, that show was a great show um, leading up until the halftime part, and then they had a bit of a break, and then the final curtain call comes. And the final curtain call comes, and that seems that that's the part that has made it viral on the social media. That's the part that everybody's talking about those last five minutes. And if you're going to talk about the last five minutes, and so and that's the part you're going to focus on. I'm sorry, Stephen, but nowhere in any of that social media footage do I see women that are, you know, don't want to be there. Do I see women whose arms are twisted up their back? Do I see women that don't seem to be enjoying what they're taking part in? There's a lot of women in seats, and that's okay. They've chosen to stay in their seat and not take part in that part, but they're still there. They could have left if they wanted to leave. So let's, you know, let's call a spade a spade here. You see the fury that's come up in and around this. For me, for Ron and and the others, you know, that are commenting on it and seem to have an issue with it, it seems to be because it's around the sex thing or the sexualisation of the show. The sexualisation of men is what those people are talking about. Okay, so let's talk about the sexualisation of the men. Have you seen the Pleasure Boy social media? where they've put on their social media posts saying we've left our mark on Belfast. That is their job. Who's, do they feel sexualized? Do they feel like they were humiliated? They don't like it listen, either. Listen, you, you, your, your arguments today is why this is such a good talking point. Michael in Belfast, you actually work at the Definition Belfast, no, Michael, no, do you? No. Morning, morning Michael. Good morning, Michael. No. Good morning, well, Michael. It's going okay. You work at the Devonish, do you? Pardon? You work at the Devonish. Aye. Okay. So tell me what you think. Well, I just want to say I was appalled by both the men and the women there. Why? I mean, it's not often in your job that you see men running about with their, you know, you know what's hanging out. It was awful. Like, I was horrified. I mean, like, that's not part of their job. I think it's completely their fault. Shouldn't have happened. Should never have happened. And the women were acting so boisterous, it absolutely appalled me. And did you know what to expect? Well, of course I didn't know what to expect. I was just expecting a strip show where, like, you know... Well, I mean, I think you know what happens in a strip show, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I was appalled. Me, I was absolutely appalled. Let me bring in Emma D'Souza uh, this morning as well, commentator. Good morning, Emma. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. What are your thoughts? The Irish sea border strikes again here because these lads didn't have any bother anywhere else in the UK. And I think that um, the fact that they've come here to Belfast and there's this fury points to a couple of things. It points to an undercurrent of conservatism that still exists within Northern Ireland. Think about Rihanna when she did that video back in the farmer's field and the outcry over that. But also it's about the fact that this was woman, I think, too. We do live in a patriarchal society still. And I think some of this commentary around women being humiliated, humiliated by being there is completely uh, inappropriate. Um, and I think if you look at the Pleasure Boys t- socials, that uh, their, their events, it's very clear what they do. They are a fully nude show. So I think there's a degree of um, 
outcry and outrage here that really isn't warranted. And if we have to take into context here that this is what they do, this is their job, they are professionals. And the fact that it was women in that room is part of the problem. Well, there, 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 there is an argument, at least a logical argument, Emma, that, that for you to be posted around the country on Twitter, on Facebook, when you're, when you're drunk, you've let your hair down, you think you're in a setting that's just in that room, and, and, and all of a sudden your reactions to nudity are posted around Twitter, taken out of context potential to do that, and, and people to engage on pylons on you. That is yeah. humiliating, is it not? Well, I think it's disgraceful, um, the footage that has been shared so widely across Twitter. And I really feel for the women who are involved in those videos, for the commentary around it, for everyone that's discussing it. You know, it was a girls' night out. It was a bit of fun. Um, and I think that the fact that those videos have been shared so widely, I'm sure there are people in them that are really disappointed to be part of this commentary around it now whenever they were just trying to let their hair down. And it's really disappointed as a society that that's what we're really focused on now is these women in these videos. And I think that perhaps um, it does point to that other undercurrent around how we do live in a patriarchal society and women do experience higher levels of abuse, higher levels of um, sexualization as well. And that is part of what's happening here in terms of focusing on the women in those videos. But that's the thing about social media. It is assessed, but half the time, Stephen, you know, and it's very difficult um, whenever that stuff gets out to get any kind of control over it. Do you think there would have been a different approach if it had been female strippers? and males in the audience? Yeah, I think that, you know, strippers and stag do's and, you know, how men, um, you know, interact in those environments is different. I do think in general it is different. And I think that that is way? In what way do you think the reaction would have been different? I think it's more normalised. I think it is much more normalised. And I think the fact that it was women in that room having a laugh with bringing it back to the fact that this is a UK-wide tour um, that these guys are doing, um, I think that is part of why we are seeing such a pushback against the behaviour of women in that room. But the, bo- the, the, the bottom line is, uh, Emma, that we don't have fully nude female strippers on stage in nightclubs or in bars or in restaurants in Northern Ireland. The whole idea of that was rejected many years ago. Well, I think that that... Um we have to go back to what this is. This is a UK-wide tour. Um, it's very clear what the Pleasure Boys do. Um, and they came to Northern Ireland. And, you know, of course, Northern Ireland is the only part of the UK where they have any bother. And I think that points more to some of the issues we have as a society around conservatism, around religious indoctrination, around some of those values um, that perhaps are not as um, not in keeping with some of the more progressive values across the rest of the UK. Is it, regre- is, it regress- is it progressive? To, 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 to want to celebrate objectification of, of a female or a male body? Well, I think that these men are professionals. This is their job. And um, obviously people across the UK have a great time going to their shows. And, you know, that is part of our society and should be celebrated if that's what people want to do. I have absolutely no quarrels with it. I think that we don't live in the 1920s anymore. And if that is what people want to do for their jobs and people enjoy it, happy days. So if people enjoy things, uh, there needs to be some type of base. There needs to be some type of threshold within an entertainment licence, does there not? There is a threshold. And I think that it's important. We have heard from from the organisers or from the Pleasure Boys management. I'm not sure exactly who it was, but um, we have heard from them that they do have ethics. They do have um, rules for how they do their shows. 
they are adhered by, that there's no um, touching and no contact made. So these are professional men doing their job and they obviously act as professionals. And, you know, that's what the people signed up to whenever they went to the show. It's very clear looking at what they do on their social media, looking at if you look up the Pleasure Boys, they have a fully nude show. It should not be a surprise to anybody. Do, do you think it's a generational thing? I don't know if it's a generational thing because I don't think I've seen an obvious generational divide um, in some of the commentary um, across social media. I think it's more of the fact that I think perhaps maybe in Northern Ireland we are at times more conservative. Um, we are not necessarily, um, you know, we're not ahead with some of the stuff that's happening in the rest of the UK. So I think it's more about the society we live in more than it is about a generational divide. Emma, thank you as always. Thank you for talking to us today. 03030 5555. Billy's in North Belfast. Morning, Billy. Morning, Stephen. Hugely Stephen. reactive this today. Lots and lots of you. You're not just talking about this in the community. Talking about it here in Radio Wilson this morning. Well, the point I would like to make is that um, it's good to see that Northern Ireland men are becoming more liberal as time goes by. Because most of the fellows, most of the comments that I've heard them making about people, the guards enjoying themselves and whatever. And believe me, I know you women there. I've, I've been to strip shows. I've seen strip I've seen it all. But the point I'm making is if their wife or their girlfriend or their daughter was all over um, media, uh, social media, at this event, I wonder would they be so liberated that people would be laughing at them at the Gwendia bar, people giving them a bit of stick, and it's very interesting to see what the reaction would be to that. It's a whole discussion in itself, Of course Billy. it is. Of course it is. But again, see the, the point of me, you know, people need to understand if you buy a ticket, you know what you're buying for. Yeah, but look, and, and I think you're touching upon this, as has others. If you buy a ticket to that event, okay, mm-hmm. and you're expecting nudity and you get it and you have a bit of fun out of it, whatever, and you go home, that's what you bought the ticket for. Now, that's one discussion in itself. Mm-hmm. But but buying a ticket to the to, to the Devonish for that event, mm-hmm. you're, you weren't buying a ticket to be ridiculed on social media. You weren't no. buying a ticket for a camera in your face and, and, and whatever your reaction is when you're out with your friends to be plastered over Twitter and Facebook. And and, mm-hmm. and, and, and it is, what are the, the rules there around that? What should be the rules, the etiquette? You're not going to be able to, anytime soon, uh, legally uh, p- provide protection for that. Because the things can happen on the internet and away they go, but what is the etiquette? Like, is it acceptable for the people that that took that footage? Is it morally acceptable for them to put all of that footage onto Twitter and Facebook? No, they shouldn't. Not shouldn't. That's what's wrong. I, the internet to me, it's good for certain things. But I call devil's baby now. There's yeah. that much. It's on that internet. And if people go out, it's the answer that when people come in, they have an event like that, that they're searched and their phones taken off. Well, um, <laughs> the answer? well, again, taking phones off people, you know, pe- pe- people 
they don't want searched and, and they're properly removed from them, do we? Yes. But that's why I'm talking about the etiquette. If the etiquette is at an event like that, no filming, or even, look, if you film, it's understood that you won't plaster it over social media. Mm-hmm. That would be different than now. There are no rules of the game now at all. It's just a free-for-all, for goodness sake. Kieran in Belfast. Thank you, Billy. Morning, Kieran. Morning, Stephen. Um, Stephen, it's, it's, it's Groundhog Day again in, in Northern Ireland. Uh, back back to the same old boring conversations that, because we can't move on. Now, if this would have happened anywhere else in, in the UK or, or Europe or anywhere, it wouldn't have made news. I, me and my wife were in Amsterdam um, a few months ago. And we watched a show that was 10 times worse than what I've seen from the Davenish. And you know what? We walked out with smiles in our faces because it was a bit of entertainment, a bit of enjoyment. And I didn't feel threatened by the big boys that I've seen on that stage. But I think some of the dinosaurs um, you've had on this morning are feeling a bit threatened and a bit, um, a bit out of place. And that's why they don't want this happening. Second point would be that anybody at that event could have got up and left at any point, And they didn't. They were enjoying themselves. And that's it. Third point would be that if we come back, I'm going to buy my wife, my mother, and my sister tickets to go because they would love that. They, they would they would have a great night out of that. And you know what? It won't make me any less of a man, and I'm fine with that. You know. But Kieran, so but, but Kieran, should should we as a local community in Northern Ireland, through our councils which issue licences, should should we not have some parameters as to and, and a discussion, which again is why. I'm glad that you're all debating this with me. Should we not have a discussion about what is acceptable in our society and, and what is not? What is acceptable in a night out at, at, a, at an entertainment event and what is not? Even we should, but if you look at if you look at Northern Ireland, it has one of the highest um, mental health um, health rates across the whole of Europe and the UK. We have more people killing ourselves in this place than anywhere else, and no, you know what's wrong. It's a lack of the lack of people enjoying themselves. It's a lack of anything to do. It's a lack of, you know, everybody just wants to work, 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 and, and no play. And you know what? Them girls all probably get up on Monday morning and thought, you know what? I had a crack a night last night, and it's probably made them more productive this week. And see if that's something else to look forward to this weekend. All the better. But no, in this place, there's nothing. It's it's so depressing, and it's so it's groundhog every day. There's a story where these, these dinosaurs won't let us move on. And, and my, my wife... Well, they're allowed to have a different opinion to, to you to, rather than being labelled dinosaurs, are they not? My, they are, but my wife wanted to go to, to London to watch a show, Magic Mike, I'm sure, but you know what's involved in that show. Um, you know, her, her probably high chance that his... Um, the, the, the things that went near my wife that I, you know, that <laughs> isn't normal, but she wanted to go with her friends on, on a hen party to, to watch Magic Mike, and that was part of her hen, albeit all, all for and well, because I'm sure 90%, maybe more of the boys listening to this have had a, a stag party in, in, in middle of Europe somewhere, and, and they haven't come home and, and disclosed all the information on that stag party. You know, are they, are they all being saints in, in Amsterdam and Spain and everywhere else? I don't think so, Stephen, you know. Um, so fair play to the guards and hope they all had a good night and fun there. So that's Ke- it. Kieran, thank you very and much. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to Stephen. go to the news. We're going to go to the news. Thank you, sir. The Stephen Nolan Show. Good morning. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget if you've got a story, Nolan at bbc.co.uk. The Irish government is set to announce major cross-border funding later today. The Cabinet in Dublin will meet to approve the plans. It will include the restoration 
of the £400 million funding promise for the A5. Let's get our heads around this. Our Dublin reporter Aoife Moore with us today. Set this out for us, Aoife. What's happening? Good morning. Uh, good morning. So we're in a bit of a groundhog day situation when it comes to the A5. Um, it's like giving my age away. I was still at secondary school when this funding was promised and nothing uh, has been built on the road since. So originally the Irish government had promised £400 million to improve the, the main road from Dublin to Derry. And they then had to cut all of that funding when the financial crash happened around 2010, 2011. Uh, we know um, high-level government sources have confirmed to me that after Cabinet meets this morning in Dublin, that they, if they approve it, which they are likely to do, they are going to restore the, four, the full £400 million previously promised for the A5 um, to get things moving. And, and, and look, Aoife, is there is there is there much is there overwhelming support for this money to come to Northern Ireland? Some people will see this as a as a different com- country. Other people uh, will, will not. Should the four hundred million go into the south of Ireland? I'm not asking you for your opinion. I'm asking for is there a breadth of argument around this, or oh. is this universally supported? Absolutely not. There, it is universally supported. All the parties in Northern Ireland. Um, are in favour of this money. Um, it's been a, a long time coming for a lot of people. And, you know, whatever your political views, this is a very dangerous road, one of the most dangerous roads in Ireland. And people um, from north and south have lost family members driving on this road. Anyone who's been on it themselves can tell you it's very anxiety-inducing to be on it. I say that as a, as a dairy person who lives in Dublin. Um, so there is also the notion as well for the Irish government that it's the main gateway to Donegal. That's not just business, but tourism as well. So I don't think there's any arguments for a change within um, Stormont about this funding. And it's part of the Shared Island Initiative, which was founded by the, the then Taoiseach Michael Martin in 2020 to improve north-south cooperation for things like tourism, infrastructure, education and health. So it's all part of that. And then Casement Park, obviously, and, and the funding of that. Are, are, do, do we know how much it's costing? Do we know how much funding we're likely to get? I have tapped every source I have and they are keeping it very close to their chest. But yes, they are due to announce their casement funding today from the Irish government. Um, No one has been able to give numbers. I know there was some talk about it last night um, from the DUP, but no one knows for sure. So we'll find out around lunchtime today how much the Irish government is willing to put forward for the restoration of well, maybe we'll find out today how much it's costing because there's all there are all different figures being bandied about. It's certainly gone up, hasn't it, from the uh, initial figure, uh, which was I think from memory seventy odd million. Some people speculating it could be two hundred million of a cost now. Others speculating it could be three hundred million. Well, like everything else, when you look at you know anything that was planned a while ago, now we're talking about it in terms of inflation, the cost of building materials going up. And you know, general government projects going above uh, above the price and over time. Um, so it's really how long is a piece of string. So I would assume any number that's given out by the Irish government today, um, the actual final number for the total is likely to change anyway in terms of the final cost for casement. All right, Aoife, thanks very much indeed. Good story you've got. Thank you for coming on today. 03030 5555. What's the time? Eight minutes past ten. Uh, more than 200 BT workers in Enniskillen are fearful for their jobs as the company begins the process of what they've described to this programme as, quote, 
ambitious modernisation of their buildings. The communication union called a meeting last week to inform members of the situation, with one worker claiming they felt they had a gun to their head over a voluntary severance scheme deadline. Uh, the CWNI Regional Secretary, Erin Massey, with us today. Tell us what's going on, Erin. Good morning. Good morning, Stephen, and thank you for the invite on to talk about this today because we raised the Ah, We'll see if we can get your line sorted, Erin. Unfortunately, your mobile phone um, is breaking up. Janet, you're a BT worker. Morning, Janet. Good morning, Stephen. Set out what the concern is, Janet, and how you're all feeling. Um, well... Basically, the, the, the EE site, um, previously BT call centre in Enniskillen, has been there for over 30 years. I myself have been there for 30 years. Um, and we received the news at 15 minutes notice that um, the company no longer seen Enniskillen as a long-term strategic site, which basically means that we are at risk of closure. Um, we uh, have been told that you know, no exit date has been proposed as yet, um, but it will possibly be later this year. So, as it stands at the moment, you know, like myself, the workforce are just completely numb. Um, we're all in shock at, at the at the news that has come completely out of the blue. Um, the centre works in a very specialised area and has always done exceptionally well across the UK winning awards left, right and centre, you know. And um, there are a lot of people in there like myself who uh, have been there a long time. We all have made... How long have you been there, Janet, again? 30 years, um, just passed there in November. It's a long, that's a lifetime, isn't it? It is indeed. It's more than half my life, Stephen, you know. So, I mean, there are a lot of people in there where there are married couples working. So it's, you know, like both people affected. There are people who've gone off to have a, their first baby, for example. So the worry is, will there be a job to come back to? There, you know, there are people who have just recently taken out mortgages, assuming that, you know, the building was secure. And we we just feel very let down, to be honest, with the way we were told. And also then they, they added uncertainty as to where do we go from here, you know. Um, well, BT have, have told the Nolan Show no decision has been made in the future of the Enniskillen Contact Centre. Um, They've also said that colleagues, the staff, have been offered uh, a voluntary paid leavers package. Yes, that's right. Is the the package good? um, Well, basically, what they have offered is that they have given us um, until the 8th of March to uh, sign up to accept the leavers package that's on the table. Um, So... You're allowed to sign up and accept um, the deal, which is basically uh, one month, one month's wages for for every every year of your service, up to a maximum of twelve months. If you accept, it means your last date of employment will be the thirty first of December this year. So, for some people, the uncertainty is just too great, and they will accept it. Um, but again. You know, I, I feel that's a, a tactic from the company, really, to to obviously encourage people to sign up because then it's not a redundancy situation. It's people leaving voluntarily themselves, um, which, you know, obviously doesn't seem as bad. However, we're all sitting here 
at the moment in limbo. We have until the 8th of March to make a decision that's going to affect the rest of our lives. Um, we're being asked to choose between A and B, but we don't know what B is. So if you decide not to not to accept what happens then, you know, we, we don't know. We don't know what the, what the option is beyond that. The company. What do you said, think? What do you think? There. Well, sorry to cut across you, Janet. Aaron Massey's back fine. with his uh, the union rep. Morning again, Aaron. Good morning. I so, what do, what do you think is going on here? BT. I noticed in their statement uh, that 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 they say um, that the BT Group remains committed to Northern Ireland. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think they're trying to relocate this resource? Elsewhere in Northern Ireland, or what do you think is going on? Well, well, you have to you have to ask the that is a, a very good question and something that we would need answered. I mean, what is their plans and what is the, the sleight of hand leave, which is quite underhanded? Um, they would deny it's sleight of hand or underhand, wouldn't they? It, it, I mean, it's just coming across that way. They are, they are workers. I mean, this work falls under the consumer EE department. And make no mistake, this actual line of business is growing strong and steady. These are highly skilled and highly experienced workers. And their work is not easy to replicate just anywhere. It's not the type of work that EE can afford to move. Um, and the building is not even, you know, they're putting it across well, what is the this building. work? Explain the work to me. It's the type of work they do is um, it's online, um, like moderating work. They do, they do a whole different type of work. I mean, that, that lady was on before, but it give you a better rundown on it. They do a lot of the social media work. They do with every letter that's uh, handwritten to so, uh, EE company comes all over the UK comes to Anna sure. So why is that location specific? Surely if it's online and it's that type of work, surely that type of work could be done anywhere. Well, well, it could be, it could be done in Enniskillen. I mean, when the building's not the real issue here. During COVID, these people worked from home and they kept the company running and kept the country running and they never missed a beat. Their targets and their stats never dropped once and they were never faulted. They were dedicated and loyal to the company, but the company are not showing them the same respect back again. Similar workers across the UK are being moved to alternative buildings to continue their role after being given proper notice through union consultation with the help of travel costs, etc. for two years. Enniskillen is not getting none of that respect. EE are not showing them the same fairness that they've showed all their other workers. And they're also advertising they're going to slash these 300 jobs in Enniskillen. These workers have been there for up to 25, 30 years on average. They are on higher terms and conditions, which is where the issue I think is lies because they're advertising 120 jobs in Belfast under less terms and conditions and less pay. So the only one that's going to benefit here financially, um, Stephen, is EE. And this would seem to me to be where the underhand is coming in to anyone outside looking in. What else could they say about it? They're treating the people in Enniskillen harshly. It's totally unfair and totally unacceptable. And not to mention the ripple effect on the economy down in Fermanagh. There's 300 wage packets are going to disappear. They're going to be decimated and the town will be decimated with it. Well, Tom Elliott from the Ulster Unionist Party, UPMLA. Good morning to you, Tom. Good morning, Stephen. We, we, we've seen, look, I, I don't know what's happening. The union is claiming essentially, Tom, you've just heard Aaron spell it out. It's a claim from the union that what the BT group is doing here is getting rid of more expensive or having the intention of getting rid of more expensive staff and recruiting probably younger, cheaper staff. That is certainly a view, uh, Stephen, and and I have no reason to argue that that's not the case, simply because uh, EE management have been uh, quite closet about uh, their dealings in this. I have spoken to them, I've had discussions with them, 
But all I keep saying is they can't discuss much further until this lever package option uh, is is more resolved. But I can't see, like I have to say, they're saying no decision has been made. And they've told me that, Stephen, just the same as they've told your show that, that no decision has been taken to close it. But why are they offering lever packages if no decision mm-hmm. has been taken? And, you know, they, they have made a big issue about how much they have invested in state-of-the-art buildings and equipment. Well, why did they not make that investment in Enniskillen, where they have good, loyal workers? I do have to say I agree with her. I I know quite a number of people who work in there, and they were very loyal over COVID. They just got on with their work. Uh, Many of them worked from home. Many of them went into the office as well to work, and it's a huge frustration to the staff and the workers there, and also to the wider community, but particularly to those staff that just don't know what's happening. And and, and Tom, look, you you know, I've heard from Janet. Janet's still on the line this morning. She's put 30 years um, of of her life into that business. But sometimes what companies do, Tom, is they look at the bottom line and they, 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 they position... Where their where their base will be in the most efficient, economically beneficial to the company place, should should they have loyalty to Enniskillen rather than having loyalty to their shareholders? Well, I think they should have loyalty to their staff, uh, Stephen. Everyone, uh, even even the BBC and, and other media outlets will have loyalty to their staff as well. Their, their staff do well and and don't let them down. And and once you have staff that are loyal. You should show some loyalty back, particularly in the like of EE that are making millions of pounds profit every year. It's not to say that they're getting a squeeze here on their profits and that uh, the, the potential of making a loss. My understanding is they've made huge profits over the last years and will continue to do that. So it's not to say that uh, just uh, by, by not keeping those staff and in a skill that it's, it, uh, they're going to go out of business. And, and, and so... Aaron, are the jobs that are being advertised, the new jobs in Belfast that are being advertised, have they exactly the same skill set or are they, are they being advertised for the same job? Well, they're, they're, they're advertised um, in under EE Consumer. So, you know, therefore, I mean, I don't know who, who what sort of, there's different departments in Consumer, but at the same time, they, as I said, these jobs are highly skilled, highly trained, highly experienced uh, workers in Enniskill and the work is not easy to replicate. So what are they doing with the work? Where is it going and what are they doing? And, and as Tom rightly said, there, there's, you know, what are they doing with the building? If there's three, they're, through this net out and what they're going, they're throwing this net out as well to see how many fish they can catch in the net, the net. So they don't have to come out and say, we closed that building, we made 300 workers redundant. The, the EE company will say, we didn't make anybody redundant. We put out a leavers package, which, you know, people are Well, is that not right? If, 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 if people want to take a redundancy if package... Want to take it, if people want to take it, of course they're entitled to take it. We were at our meeting last week and we had 200 and over 250. And you're, you're in, your start of this conversation says there's over 200 jobs. It's 300 jobs and just slightly just a few more over 300 jobs in total. And we had that. We had the majority of those people in the room last week. And the majority of those people, yes, there was people who put their hand up and said it would actually suit me. And good luck to them. They are entitled to take that. But when people are put under, like when this call was announced, 
they had they got dropped on them like a ton of bricks. They didn't see it coming. They had no chance to ask, ask questions. They were muted on their call that they were on. They couldn't speak up. They couldn't ask questions. And then they were just told you four weeks to jump on this train and they're given the impression... They weren't allowed to ask it. questions? There was no questions asked. They were no. muted on the call. They were muted on the call. Who was muted? The, the people, the, the workers that were standing there when they got this call. So it wasn't a Q&A? No, it no. was a Zoom call, Stephen, and... Um, you know, with, with one person speaking and delivering the, the news and, and the employees were muted during the call. They were free to ask questions over a messaging service later, um, so this, but not at the time. Yeah, so this is where the difference is coming in here, Stephen, because under EE, BT Group's um, Better Workplace Programme... Why is it BT they, one minute and EE the next? Is BT only well, EE, is that it? BT Group, EE fall under the BT Group, but EE is their employer. These people work for EE. So, Janet, what are the main questions you... I keep going back to the fact that you've worked there for 30 years. It is a lifetime of, of, of service to the company. So what, mm-hmm. are the, what are the big questions you have in your, in your mind that have not been answered? Um, well, the first question would be, you know, why when you have a call centre which is, has, has proven its worth uh, consistently over 30 years and is so specialised, has some of the best workforce in the UK. Why would you take that away? You know, why would any company want to lose such skilled uh, quality of workers with, with a wealth of experience? Um, now, the company have cited their reasons as being the and building is not fit for purpose. They've, and, they've but, said they're know, undertaking, quote, an ambitious modernisation programme and consolidating mm-hmm. buildings within its estate. Yeah, well, I mean, that is something that, you know, that they have made everyone aware of for a number of years. That was their intention. However, you know, Enniskillen is not your average call centre. There are call centres across the UK. It's very easy for them to amalgamate other call centres and possibly move those workers to the next neighbouring one, which might be a 20-minute drive away. Enniskillen is remote. It's a rural community. Um, You know, the town here is already struggling. Um, there's if if it's a building the, uh, as the issue, then then do what they have done in other places, which is to basically just set up another building. There are loads of empty buildings in Enniskillen, one in particular being the empty Liberty Insurance building, which is actually a call centre, a very modern one, which is lying empty at the moment. So why would you not transfer your workers somewhere like that rather than actually completely um, remove them from you, an area? Are you worried about the impact on you, Janet, speaking out? Or do, you, or do you think you have the freedom oh. and support of management to do so? Well, you know, I, I, of course I have concerns, Stephen. I would like to think um, in a free society that we all live in that as long as I stick to the facts, which is what I've done on here today, um, you know, I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of 300 people um, who maybe feel they don't have a voice. And, you know, I think we have to do something. At the moment, we have a deadline of the 8th of March. Once that deadline is reached, you can make no mistake, the word redundancy will then be mentioned. And also, we really need the politicians to step up before then. Don't wait for the word redundancy. Have they? Have then- you felt the support of local politicians? Um, well, at the union meeting that, that, that was held that Aaron mentioned, there was fantastic um, representation from all the parties. Um, 
my concern would be that when the question was put to Conor Murphy, the economy minister in chambers um, by Deborah Erskine, his response was really that he, he didn't seem that alarmed because the company have said it's only a review and that redundancy hasn't been mentioned. So as Tom said there, um, you know, that's, that's the stance the company are given and he suspects they won't give anything different until after the 8th of March when the deadline for the Labour's payment has left. It, it sounds to me, Tom, just finally, that, that one of the things that people like Janet is asking for is clarity, information. Absolutely. I think that's right, Stephen, and we're looking for that as well. And I know that uh, the Minister Murphy was to meet with, with the uh, I understand, last week. Uh, Stephen, we haven't had an update of that, and uh, I'm hoping maybe to see him today uh, to, to ask him for an update and to see if he's got any more progress than we have. Uh, obviously, they are a, a company, a private company, but could I say as well, Stephen... Uh, BT have been a good employer in Enniskill. We have really appreciated that for, for years. Uh, and and uh, the staff have generally been, been pretty content there. And then to turn around and treat them like this, I think, is, is ruining their reputation as well. Uh, and uh, for, for someone that had a good reputation in the area, it has uh, totally overturned that. And I would like to see them make that up. To, to the workers and staff by okay. withdrawing Stephen, those and I think that the thing is too, if, if the company is going to treat these workers the same, they should be treating them the same, they should be treating them under the Better Workplace Programme and not throwing this um, this nearly like this net out just to see so they can let, so they can say, they, they want the publicity to say, we didn't make 300 people redundant, 100 people or 200 people left of their own will but these people are frightened, they're frightened if they don't take this offer of this uh, severance pay before they, that they're, you know, that they're that, that they're going to miss the boat because that's the impression that they're getting told that there's mixed messages going on there which we don't appreciate yeah. but at the end of the day we have to go back to the whole economy mortgages, these people have families and mortgages and their backs are now up against the wall and, and, clearly, and they don't deserve it. And clearly, look, it's it's obvious to make an informed decision. If you've been in a company, whatever length of time, exactly. be it a short time or a long time, to make an informed decision as to whether you want to take voluntary redundancy, then you need to know what the longer term alternative is if you 100%. don't take it. That's correct. So, so, so to the BT group, we will write to them also this morning, and we Thank will you. and we will ask them on on behalf of the workforce, on behalf of. You know the, the the public interest associated with it. Enniskillen, an important place in Northern Ireland, um, we will ask what is the alternative for these workers if they do not take uh, the voluntary redundancy. What does the landscape look like for them? Will there be compulsory redundancies within the next twelve months, twenty four months? And we'll let you all know what the answers are to those questions if they answer them. Is that fair enough? Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Janet. All the very best. Just a couple of minutes left uh, this morning. Paul and Anderson's time. Morning, Paul. Morning, Stephen. How are you doing? Well, you've been out late. No, no, no. I'm just, uh, I just have this husky voice anyway. All right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Go go ahead, Paul. (laughs) I think it is going to be a fantastic thing to have this stadium up. Casement Park you're talking about. Absolutely, absolutely and totally. Yeah. I live right beside the actual site itself hmm. and there's nothing sadder on that hmm. road than the current state of that 
that park, that, that yeah. playing park. And I said, Paul, at the, at the top of the show about another country funding it. Obviously, some people in Northern Ireland uh, will, will see the Republic of Ireland as their own country. I guess the point I'm making is and, the I mean, taxes, the taxes from Northern Ireland, from people like you and others that want this done, they're going into... Uh, the the British exchequer should the British not be funding this completely? Stephen, do you know when Central used to send another another foreign country's funding this year? I didn't say another foreign this country. Is, well, you, 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 you I said another country. Dead. Should, more or less dead, should you never, taxes? Nevertheless, okay, all right. Nevertheless, all right. Nevertheless, just in case you, you're you're not aware, the GA is an all island organization. Yeah, but so your your it's taxes are it's a vested interest for the Irish government to be funding this Okay, project. fair enough. Fair enough, Paul. Thank you. Bernard, let's squeeze you in. Morning, Bernard. Hi, hi Steve. Is this Steve, on, on Casement or is this on the strippers? It was, it was on the Devonish, yeah. Yes. It's probably a bit late in the call now for it. Okay. Do you, do you want to make your point quickly or do you want to come back some yeah, other Yeah, I'll make it quickly. I mean, though, though, when I was listening there um, to a couple of the ladies you had on uh, and some of the men too, the the main thing that stood out to me, and it, it happens right across uh, social media and news, is that language that um, unless you're like super liberal, vehemently liberal, then somehow you're holding the country back. You know, I think people are you know very quick to forget the fact that the society they live in, the UK and Western Europe as a whole, was built on Christian values. Okay, even the law, what's illegal and what's illegal in this country, uh, goes back to really Christian values when you look at it. So. The whole idea that, you know, if people uh, don't agree with the liberal values that are quite literally being shoved on our throats, in this case, at the Devonish, and that somehow we hold society back, I just think it's kind of ridiculous. OK. Uh, Bernard, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. That was a busy Tuesday, wasn't it? Thank you for your company today. You can listen to the programme. You can send it to others. on. Uh, it'll be there on BBC Sounds if you want to send it uh, to others to listen to. We're back tomorrow morning for more Nolan at 9. In the meantime, on Twitter, at Stephen Nolan. And Connor is coming up right now. So stay with us here on Radio Ulster. Thanks a lot. See you tomorrow. The biggest show in the country. Listen again on BBC Sounds. Tweet at Stephen Nolan. Show!